0: All right, what's up, everybody? This is episode 75 of Catfish on Ice. We hope everyone's having a really, really awesome week. The Preds are enjoying a little three-day break right now after opening up the season with a lot of games packed into a a short amount of time, including that back-to-back over the weekend that we talked about in uh, Monday's episode. This is Chad Benton, your host with Rich out Rich, how are you doing this evening?
1: Doing good. Um, I guess the Predators are going to be attending some Halloween costume parties or something maybe over the weekend. A little well, we know like that.
0: It. We know that'll be interesting. I'm sure Philip Forsberg will uh, come up with something crazy, as he always does. Of course. definitely. The only thing, that. though, is we don't have Victor Arvidsson. And he, I felt like Victor Arvidsson was always the one that was doing all the crazy stuff when he came to that. Yeah, right.
1: Well, they did. They did show that one uh, video of the game uh, that year. Nick Bonino dressed up as a fan. Did you see that?
0: I, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. I don't. Yeah. Really so he, remember he that. dressed
1: up like a fan and was like asking the players as they came in for their autograph, and like some of them did recognize him. So oh, there you go. It was, it was pretty funny. It was good. Yeah. yeah so uh, I,
0: Halloween kind of snuck up on me this year, but yeah, we oh, got right? Halloween coming up on Sunday, so we hope everyone's got some fun uh, plans going on with their family or friends, going to Halloween parties. Uh, dressing up with cool costumes. Uh, any of our followers or listeners right now, if you want to tell us kind of some fun costumes you're coming up with for Halloween, go ahead and shoot that at us and we will share. Let's let you know what we got in store for episode 75 tonight. We are going to get into the Blackhawks situation because it is sweeping mm-hmm. the hockey world. And it, is a, it is a very important topic to get into and talk about. It's a really sad story, a really tragic story, a huge Dark cloud hanging over the league right now, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna touch on that. And get into that. Our opening face-off is going to talk about the Freds and how they are starting to build an, an identity. But what does that really mean? Is that we we're gonna try to dive into what me and Rich think, how this team's looking, what 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 is their true identity? Will it is it sustainable? Can that identity that they're playing with right now actually get them into the playoffs again? We're going to get into that. We've got our Thursday edition, week two edition of Battle for the Central Power Rankings. Power. I can tell you right now, Rich, that I had a hard time coming up with my rankings this week.
1: Yeah, mine might look a little bit like the division right now. So, all right, well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, I kind of like had a hard time coming up with. It is. Uh, it's,
1: it's hard. It's very hard.
0: It's very hard week to week. A lot happens from week to week. So uh, we're sure going to try is. to get. Absolutely. We're going to try to get into that, and then finally we're going to wrap up episode seventy-five with listing off some of our favorite players in the game right now that are not currently on the Preds. And also, they could not have played for the Preds before. Fair. Hope that didn't throw you off there, Rich. But well, we can't be picking a lot of former Preds. I know, Rich, I know, Rich you'll go with Callie Yarncroak if I let you do that. Uh, nope.
1: Lucas Pisa. All
0: right, well, there you go. Well, Callie Yarncroak is off limits. You can't pick him. It's yeah, got to be non-Preds players. We will wrap up the episode with that. Again, Catfish and Ice, episode 75, brought to you by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. Let's get into it, and let's talk about the Blackhawks situation. It's it's all kind of been coming out by the hour, it seems like. It's just – it keeps getting uglier and uglier. A really sad and tragic story that's happened here with Kyle Beach, the former Chicago Blackhawks player, played with them in 2010, played in their minor league system for a long time and sexual assault has come out of this uh, he was sexually assaulted by a video coach uh, the video coach was then let go after that but he but it's basically <laughs> basically what we're getting out of this is a massive cover up from the top up and we just we're learning more and more gruesome details from this every hour uh, joe quinville has been reportedly let go by the panther who was the head coach oh, wow. of the Blackhawks at the time it's, it's it's widely understood that he knew something about it and he didn't want to mess up their Stanley Cup run. Just just a horrible, tragic situation. And it, for me, it comes down, once again, we talk about this all the time, it comes down to the human element of this. And it is so sad, so unfortunate that Kyle Beach uh, was afraid to, to speak out when this was happening because he was worried yeah. about his career. It was sad that people overlooked this and put winning – Ahead of someone's safety and someone's life, it's the just really, help. really sad all the way around. Uh, Rich, just mm-hmm. kind of give me your thoughts on what you've learned about this, and just kind of what you hope will come out of this ultimately. I've also got Kyle Beach's uh, message he put out here today on his social media. I'll share that in a little bit, but Rich, just kind of give me your initial thoughts on this just horrible, horrible story.
1: Yeah, so I watched the I watched his interview, and dude, that was that was hard. That was hard to watch. Um, we've talked about it before these hockey players, you know, everybody thinks they're these big, tough, you know, guys or whatever, and they don't have any feelings, but man, so many emotions watching that video. It's just, it's heartbreaking for him. Um, My feelings on the whole thing are anybody in management of that organization. I know they let people go. They need to be fired and probably banned from the NHL. And I know that includes Joe Quinville and all the other people that were let go, but Um, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's so tough to watch that that guy's life and his career. I mean, he still plays today in like Germany, but you know, his career was ruined too. So, you know, just tough all around.
0: Really, really sad stuff. Um, I am glad that he, he is, he's he's such a hero right now though, when it comes to, um, him get, getting out here and, 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 and speaking out on this. And hopefully like we've said this before, hopefully this can, um, if anyone else is a victim and is afraid to speak out right now, they can feel like they've got support and, uh, and, and all of that, because that's really what it comes down to for sure. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about some severe penalties right now for the Blackhawks. They're being called upon. They've been fined $2 million, which is really just ridiculous. That's like such a slap on the wrist. and really doesn't mean anything yeah, yeah. when you've actually seen other teams get get fined for more money than that for way, Mm. way, way lesser offenses. It just doesn't add up at all. Again, Joe Quinville met with Gary Bettman today and it's being reported that Joe Quinville has been let go as the Panthers head coach. Uh, So just really sad for me. I just hope that out of this horrible situation that some good can come out of it. And you're already starting to see some good come out of it in the sense Mm -hmm. that Everyone has really rallied behind Kyle Beach and and let him know that they're here for him, and it's really shined a light on a massive problem right now that the NHL oh, yeah. has when it comes to this. They got to make sure this absolutely never happens again, or that it's not happening right now. Dare I say? And I hope not. But that's, yeah. I mean, that is a huge part of it.
1: Um, it it is, is massive cover up, and that's that's the that's the bad thing. Is uh, you know, if you wanted to. So it's up to the management, and I know it's a big corporation and they've got a human resources department, so they're supposed to investigate these things no matter what. And, you know, if you wanted to wait and open the investigation right after the Stanley Cup, whatever, that's fine. But something needed to be done back then, uh, mm-hmm. not, not 11 years in the past. Um, and I know people, man, Twitter, man, I, I love it and I hate it at the same time, but, like, yeah. it just turns into this – you know, everybody's accusing everybody. They're accusing Patrick Kane. They're accusing Jonathan Taves. They're not. They're um, not.
0: They're not letting the due process come out, and right. that can also be a problem.
1: It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of hearsay. A lot of people are like, you know, I bet. I bet they did know about it, but nobody knows yeah. that for sure. There's only a few people that know. Plus, I was looking into it a little bit um, back in 2010. I know that they made uh, Jonathan Taves the captain. He was only 22 years old. That's only yeah. two years older than, than beach. And uh, Patrick Kane was 21. And people are trying to hold while they are accountable and they should have said something. They're young guys too, man. Those guys aren't old enough to be making like, I know they're yeah. men and they're playing in the hockey league or whatever, but like, you know, that's, that's you. A, a big thing, you know? And like, it's just, it's sad and all the way around. And you really hope that the that
0: players that may have known will, will ho- hold themselves accountable Yep. We'll speak out and say, yes, I wish I could have done more. Yes, this is what I'm going to do to to be better and to improve this situation and have something good come out of it. Uh, that's what I get out of that. But you're right. We can't rush a judgment on every person that right. happened to be associated with the Blackhawks that season because we just don't know all the facts yet. Mm-hmm. But I do want to share – Kyle. I don't want to lose sight of the fact that Kyle no, Beach is a, is a hero for what he's coming out and doing and his courage that he's showing. I want to share his message that he put – On Twitter here today. Uh, He put, I have immense gratitude for the outpouring of endless love and support that has come through within the past 48 hours. Although the results of the private investigation have been released and the Blackhawks have apologized, my battle is really just beginning as the Blackhawks continue to attempt to destroy my case in court. While I take this time to reflect to continue the healing process, it is a reminder that this is not about me as an individual. This is to r- promote open communication that will facilitate change for the future to promote safety as well as the health and well-being of society as a whole. Thank you. So he's truly taking the larger approach to this because sexual assault cover-ups are, are a massive problem all throughout the world. There's oh, yeah. there's vi- there's victims who are afraid to speak out for different reasons. So this just isn't a hockey issue, this is a human no. issue. No. So I really applaud Kyle Beach for taking this enormous platform, putting himself out there, and hopefully we can get some really good changes to happen in yeah. in any type of workplace, not just hockey, but in any type of workplace where sexual assault is happening and victims yeah. feel like they can't speak out because they're afraid of losing their job. They're afraid of losing friends. They're afraid of all these things. Hopefully this can empower more victims to come out and get the help they need if they've been Absolutely. assaulted. So that's Absolutely. the biggest thing I get from that. Um, I'm sure we're going to get way more news about this as the days and, and weeks and months come on. And as it's appropriate, we'll share that through our podcast. But, yes, yep. Kyle Beach, you are a hero. We appreciate yep. you. We, we really hope that things can, can turn out for the better for you. And we just – you're in our prayers. You're in our thoughts. Yep. Everyone who's been impacted by this situation, uh, it's, it's, it's just we're, we're here for you. Yep. And, and so –
1: Blackhawks, do better. Just do better. Yeah, Everybody just, do, just better. do better. Be, it, be it a feel.
0: better organization. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and, the
1: and NHL even, the whole like, – all the of it, it,
0: really, it really comes from the top down, and the NHL has not had a good reputation at nope. all from handling a lot of these serious issues in the past. So nope. the whole culture itself does need to be worked on and fixed. Yep. And hopefully the NHL and Gary Bettman or whoever is in charge will take a proactive approach. To fix the problems that are going on right now. So that's how we're going to end that segment off right there. We did not want to have catfish on ice episode 75 until we discussed that very important topic that is way bigger than hockey.
1: Absolutely. So now
0: that we got that in, we are going to move on to our opening face. We're going to move on to our opening face off of episode 75. And that is what in the heck is the Preds Real identity, because that's all they're talking about. That's all you hear John Hines talk about. You've heard Ryan Johansson talk about it. All you're hearing is we are trying to play to our identity. We're trying to play to who we are. Um, And I'm all for that, and it kind of comes off as a cliche in sports. You hear teams use this terminology all the time. Here's where I want to get into tonight's topic. Since there's no Preds game and all that, we will kind of talk about the Sharks' win, because it was a good win to yep, get their first cool. winning streak of the year. They've got a mm-hmm. modest two-game winning streak. So we'll give them it. the golf, golf clap for that, Rich. Come on now. All right, golf clap for two games in a row. All right. All right, I will take it as well. All right, so I'm going to ask you first, Rich. What is the? We asked this on Twitter as well. What is the first word you think of when you think of who the Preds are in this identity question? And we already told our Preds, Preds fans to keep it classy. They did a pretty good job <laughs> doing that. I, I'm pretty sure Rich will keep it classy as well, but I
1: will keep t- it classy.
0: <laughs> tell us your tell us the first word that comes to mind.
1: It's not really a word it's more of like just them as a team um, they're not quitters. Um, okay I think that's the biggest thing um, even even last year when uh, in the beginning of the season before they turned everything around, they they tried you know they always put they always tried you could always give them of course there's always a there's always a game or two where they don't perform as well and they've have problems or whatever. But that even when they're down like two or three goals, they they don't quit, and that's that, that's a really good quality, and I think that's an important that quality. Is good quality. I, think, I think that most fans can see that um, that they that they do have some fight in them, um, no matter what. So I would say that's. I'm gonna go with a.
0: I don't know why I thought of this word first, but I can kind of tie it into why you wouldn't think of this term normally when you think hockey. But I'm gonna. I swear I'm gonna make sense out of it. The first word I thought of when I think of this Predators team. And I guess it could be for better or worse. It can be a strength and a weakness, stubborn. Yep, that's a good one. And what I mean by that is, yeah, they know how to play to their identity because their identity is playing a very physical brand of hockey, playing very in your face. Um, They take some penalties. They play when you're playing this aggressive style. You're going to have that stick get caught up in the as a hook sometimes. You're going to get that stick out too far and trip somebody. You're going to board someone, maybe when you weren't trying to board them, but it's a boarding penalty, cross-checking. All those types of penalties that come as a product of playing aggressive is what the Preds are going to have to deal with all season long, and that's why it's very, very refreshing to see this penalty kill playing so well right now. Yes. They've killed 19 of their last 21 penalties, that's a very good rate that I will that can serve this Preds team very well if they're going to make the playoffs again. Is if this penalty kill continues to get better, <sighs> then they can afford to play stubborn, which is that first word I thought of, which That's was good. No, yeah, bad. they're stubborn. I think yeah. of players like Yakov Trenin, Tanner Janot, Luke Cunning, even even Matthias Ekholm, these yeah. players these players are very very physical. They get in these scrums. Usually it happens within the first two minutes of the game. It doesn't even have to be against a division rival. We saw Mm -hmm. against the New York Rangers Mm -hmm. the bad blood those teams had. So I just think we're going to get a taste of that all season long. I don't think they're going to change the way they play. I think they know who they want to be. There's going to be nights where they have to kill five or six penalties off in one night, and (laughs) it's going to put their goaltender in a rough situation sometimes. But it's also going to play to their strengths some night where they get in teams' heads yep. and they and they win these ugly games kind of like they just did against the San Jose say Sharks on a Tuesday.
1: Absolutely. Tanner Janot is probably in a lot of teams' heads.
0: He absolutely is. Luke Cunning is. is as well. I mean, we yeah. can't look over Luke Cunning. You even yeah. see Philip Forsberg get in, you know, for being mm-hmm. such a quote unquote star player, Philip Forsberg likes to get in on a lot of those um, scrappy. Uh, fights. Scrappy is another word you could use for them, but yeah, uh, I'm not. But stubborn was still the first word I came up with. So yeah. yeah, their identity for me is hard for checking, getting in those shot lanes and blocking shots. I thought they did an outstanding job against the Sharks at mm. blocking shots, they making did. life easier for UC Soros. They were clear clearing out the net front. John Hines talked about that after the win over San Jose. They did a good job boxing out, clearing out the net front. That all goes into this identity that I think they want to be, which is a just a, a grinded-out type of team where it's not going to be pretty. Uh, some nights, your casual hockey fans are even going to say that the Preds are a boring team to watch. But guess what? <laughs> boring wins still count as two points.
1: That's right. And the San Jose game, there was some stretches there where it was a little boring. But It
0: was boring. It was kind of putting you to sleep a little bit. A little
1: the, bit. Preds were up, <laughs>
0: the Preds were up 2 to nothing for the longest time. <clears throat> They gave up that one goal in the third period, but then they really tightened up, and yeah. they eventually got the empty net goal. Crazy empty net goal from uh, Granlund. Almost yeah, the length of the ice. Almost as, sure far ba- almost as far back as when Pecorino scored his goaltender goal. Almost. But Granlund was right in front of the net, right in front yeah. of it. But still yeah. a wild goal to steal that one away. So the Preds have now won two in a row. They're 3-4-0 and oh on the season. They have yet to go to overtime yet this season, which is kind of interesting.
1: It's strange, yeah. But um, yeah, well, but now now they got a really
0: now they got a really difficult <laughs> test against another really good defensive team, and that's the New York Islanders. Yeah, that that might be one of their most difficult tests of the year to date. If you ask me,
1: it could be. Yeah, um, yeah. The I don't it's know. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be really hard.
0: It's gonna be really hard for the Preds to score goals. They already struggle to score goals against normal teams. The Islanders are a very stingy defensive team. They they're riding back to back shutouts right now. Coming into the coming into Saturday, yeah. So it's wow, going to be a really I'm tough game. That. Of course, you're going up against Barry Trotz, who is a defensive machine, defensive wizard. Uh, they're going against a good goaltender. They're going against a very disciplined Islanders team that many people think this is their year to win the cup. So yeah, it's it's uh it's going to be a really difficult, good measuring yeah. stick game. But once again, if the Preds can stick to their identity that we're talking about, whether it's stubborn or whether you said uh, not being quitters, then I do think they could maybe hang with a team like the Islanders. They can hang with anybody in this league if they truly stick to that style because I think that's the only style that really plays to their strengths. They can't try to be something that they're not, yeah. is I think how we can really round that one out.
1: I agree. Yeah, totally. Um I agree about the Islanders being a tough test. Some of the other games we thought would be tough tests, but they wound up not yeah. really being like Minnesota. We thought that'd be tough, and yeah, Winnipeg. You know, they, they did get a lot of goals. That was good. They they got four goals, but you know, Winnipeg wound up winning that. But um, yeah, this and, Islanders game. Might and be and, and tough. except for the Winnipeg loss, the Preds
0: have had a chance to win or be in it in every game till the end. Even against the Hurricanes, they yeah. were right there till the end. I feel like they've been gradually getting better and better in each game, even in the losses. I feel like they've been showing a lot of good promises and a lot of good building blocks. Yep. So let's see, let's see how it let's see if they can continue that, building yep. on that. Let's hope that they don't revert back and and just look horrendous. Cause that would be hope another setback. That would be another setback for this team. And we don't, we definitely don't want to see that. But this to yep. be a really tough test. Another really encouraging sign with the Preds right now. All their their core players are all starting to produce finally.
1: They sure are. Um, all of the so called stars really up their stats in the yep. in that last game. And like, we how
0: long how long have we been preaching that?
1: Oh, so two or three seasons now. Um, all right, yeah, at least. So yeah, it's it's awesome to see those guys uh, step up their game. You know, Johansson uh-huh. had two goals and um, Duchesne and. Or no, was that the wrong game? The so wrong look game? at
0: your uh look at your top five scores right now. Roman Yossi's got nine points. He leads yeah. the league in defensemen in points coming into Thursday night's action. So he is you know blazing around at the gate saying, Hey, don't forget about my Norris trophy in 2020. I'm still one of the best defensemen. I love it. I love so he it. he but it. we weren't really worried about him, though. He's even though he's even though we're gonna include him on these top veterans who need to produce, we kind of he wasn't really included in that. I feel like he's always been consistent, been there for us. But then you start <laughs> getting to Ryan Johansson. Wow, he's really just looked like a completely different player. He's yes. living up to the top top at us this year so far, and I know it's a really absolutely. early sample. but He's definitely living up to it, and it's, it's awesome to see. Preds absolutely have to have that continue. You've got Philip Forsberg with six points. You've got Granlund with six points. Again, Granlund – He's never really lived up to his Minnesota days, of a seventy-point scorer. But Granlund's always kind of been one of those top point producers since he came on the Preds. So I hate to put him in there with like Ryan Johansson, but he is also producing with six points. And then you've got Matt Duchesne with five points. So yeah, your top your top <laughs> scores right now are all uh, your top perceived veterans. Then that's when you start getting down to Thomasino, Tanner, Jano, Nick Cousins, Colt Sissons. You got a. Several players all at three points. Right. 12, 12 players. I saw this. Twelve players on the Preds right now have three or more points. Oh, wow. So they they are really spreading the the scoring right now, That's which awesome. is a really good thing because that means that you got depth. You need depth because injuries are going to happen. Things yeah. are going to happen, and you need multiple multiple players to all be able to chip in with their point production. And so that that is also happening right now, and it is a very encouraging sign for the Preds that they're getting so much point production from a wide range of players all the way up and down the lineup
1: there's another stat that is really good for them right now they are the third ranked power play
0: yeah i don't know what i don't know what world i don't know what world we're living in but yeah they've they've uh they've really turned that area around as well so
1: it's the Oilers, the Blues, and then the Predators. <laughs>
0: and now, now, they just got to start turning these uh, all these great, encouraging things into an actual winning streak, so that yeah. we don't fall into another um, mm. you know hole where we're, we're having to dig ourselves out of it post the All Star break. Like we don't, right. we, we need to, st- we need to build ourselves a little bit of a a cushion here. And as we're about to rank the battle for the Central Week Two uh, Power Rankings, that is what we're about to get into next. We're going to see where we have the Preds. Let's see if it changed from last week's episodes. I do have our rankings from last week, so we can see how much we've yeah, changed. So let's get into the battle for the Central. Week two, our second week edition of the <coughs> Central Division Power Rankings, the battle for the Central. Of course, everyone thought for sure the shoe-in was the Colorado Avalanche coming into the season, and they have nope. stumped, their, stumped their toe a little bit coming into this season.
1: Yeah, man, it's crazy. I would have never thought they'd be, and they've got plenty. They've right got now.
0: plenty of they've got plenty of time to round into form and still uh, turn into the best team in the division. But I, I definitely don't have them at the top. I can tell you mm. that. But we're gonna go backwards, like we did last week. I think that's the yep. best way to do it. And we have a new last place team in the Central Division, and it's not because of all this controversy. It's literally because I think they are not a good team at all.
1: <coughs> they should sure not. And
0: and that is the Chicago Blackhawks. They are my number eight team. They are the cellar dweller of the Central Division <laughs> in Week Two. They are living in the basement right now. They are. Uh, they might not come out of the basement for a while. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they might stay actually, down there. We
1: they actually almost won last night. It was yeah, tough. well, yeah, I mean, they, lost, really they lost. They
0: lost. They lost to the Maple Leafs in overtime, yeah. I believe. But uh, Chicago Blackhawks, I had them at number seven last week. They are the new basement dweller.
1: Yeah. Where where I'm do like, you
0: have the Blackhawks?
1: Well, I have them at seven. All um, right. I, left, I actually left Arizona at eight. All um, right. They're a minus 19 goal differential right now. That's yeah, the worst in the league. They I mean they I haven't watched any of their games because I don't know if I could bring myself to do it. But um, man, they're just so bad. It's it's a shame. I, I've seen a lot of
0: people who follow the coyotes closely, and they have said that literally this is the worst lineup the coyotes have had in their existence.
1: <coughs> I believe it.
0: And when you look at their lineup, I mean it's pretty, it's pretty thin. I mean, they've got they've got Phil Kessel out there still. They've got Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller is a nice player, but other than that, I mean, they are definitely a just a very thin team. Uh, their upper management has just completely mishandled that building that entire team. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be rough, but you know what? I still got them at number seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Chicago, man. They're, yeah, they're just as bad if, if, well, I mean, you've got them at eight, so you got them the worst, but.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, you can flip a coin. So honestly, bad. honestly, you can flip a coin on it, but I yeah. still, something told me, you know what? I'm going to put Arizona at number seven. I'm going to give them a chance to yeah. prove themselves. And they're uh, they're oh six and one and like uh, actually I've got my updated division standings here. Arizona is minus twenty three.
1: Yeah. Oh, they are now. Well, yeah, that did this goal same differential. Way, so. All right. Yeah, so it's even worse, it's even worse than I had. It is oh, even yeah. worse. <laughs> All right, let's get to
0: let's get to your number. Let's get to your number six team.
1: Yeah, so I left. Um, let's see where did I have them. I, I left Chicago, or, uh, Nashville at number six oh week. really though, yeah i did a little bit man um, tough the crowd why, here the tough why, i know All right. they still um need to prove themselves a little bit to me um if they can string some more wins some more uh yeah. you know um get like go on a little win streak something like that get some more points um yeah i just i'm always nervous like for them, you know, whenever yeah. you watch, and you're like, "What are they going to do?" Sometimes, like some days you don't I'm know a, which like, team is going to show up. You oh, know? for sure,
0: and I, I don't think it's going to take us a long time before we know what what we're yeah. getting out of the Predators. So I, yeah, I, I can't player. argue with you there, but I've actually got the Dallas Stars at number six. Wow, really? That's funny. And e- even last week, I was not very high on the Stars. If you remember,
1: <laughs> last I week I had
0: last week I had the Stars at number four. But I was yeah. telling you how I think they're painfully average and they're just not very good, yeah. and they're they're going to win some games, but they just don't impress me. Well, I watched, I definitely watched the game against Vegas, and I know Vegas is thought of as being this great team, but Vegas is very under uh, uh, outmatched right now. They're missing Mark Stone. They're not the same team right now either. And I saw the stars completely mess mm-hmm. up the bed there. They had that game wrapped up and just completely mm-hmm. fell apart there at the end of the game. And then they lost in overtime. I don't trust Dallas's goaltending at all. I don't trust Braden no, Holtby, no. and I, I and, and something seems <clears throat> terribly wrong with uh, Anton Hudobin too. He doesn't look right either. Yeah. I feel like the the Stars yeah. are going down the same road the Preds went down a couple seasons ago, which is their Stanley Cup window and their veteran, their top veterans like uh, Radulov. And Sagan and Jamie Ben, they're they're in they're nearing the end of their peaks of their career, if not already yeah, past it. And mm-hmm. I just don't see, I just don't see a lot of flair out of the Stars lineup. You got Joe Pavelski, he's decent, but and he did well for him last year, but he's another aging veteran.
1: There I is. just
0: I have a hard time getting really excited about the Stars right now, so I got them at number six.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't have them at. Well, well let's get to number five first. <laughs> yeah, number five. So I... I got Colorado at number five. Oh, okay, all right. The reason I put them there is they're still struggling a little bit, but they will figure it out. I mean, they're they're they've got yeah, a lot of I amazing players. Well. They're they're definitely going to. You can only keep them down for so long. Is Absolutely. how I see it. Yeah, um, they'll figure it out. That's just they that's will. Just it think, would be but... the
0: biggest shock of the season if they don't figure it out.
1: Yeah, it would be horrible because, like, like we said, that's who we all picked. Yeah, and then we uh, if,
0: if you remember uh, several episodes back, mm-hmm. we had uh, the tell it as it is podcast. Yep. And I remember I remember him telling us as well, like, look, like this is Stanley Cup or bust this season. It is for this for the ads. And so if they keep losing and, and this, this bad start just gets worse and worse, there's gonna be some serious, serious problems in Colorado. Big problem. But right Absolutely. now, I don't think they should be panicking too much. I've got the Preds at number five though. Yeah. So I move I moved the Preds up. I kept the Preds at the same spot I had them last week. Cause I'm kind of yeah. with you, Rich. I'm kind of with you, Rich. I don't I'm not gonna overreact to two game, two wins in mm-hmm. a row, even though they no. two real they were two really good wins, but I'm not gonna overreact to that. I need to see much more before I start penciling them into the top four or three of this of this division. And so I got him at number five. I got him right at that fringe, which is kind of where we expected them to be. And so now they're seven games into the season, very small sample size, but they're for me, they're hanging right around where I kind of saw them be. And yeah, so I agree. There's there's nothing too terribly surprising about them. There's nothing yeah. really too um upsetting about their start. It's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of what I that's kind of what I thought they were. A very mediocre to slightly above average team. And they're three and four. They're three and four. So that kind of puts it right there in perspective. Now, now if they can start figuring out ways to win these games where they're losing three to two, or they're losing because they had to empty their net, so in in the third period, then that's when I'll start thinking about moving them into that uh, top tier of the division.
1: Absolutely, they're
0: they're sticking at number five for me. And you had Mm -hmm. the Avalanche at number five. I do now. So at number four, I've got the Winnipeg Jets. There you go. They're kind of my wild card team in the division, honestly, because I don't know yeah. what to expect out of them because I know their talent and I know what they got available to them. And I know that they are a lethal scoring team. We got a taste of that against them on Saturday when the Jets put up six goals and they were missing two of their best players and they still put up six goals on UC Soros. That was not a very comforting game and that really no. really leads me to believe that the Jets are, are, are further ahead than the Preds are for sure. So I got the Jets at number four after putting them all the way back at number six.
1: Yeah, uh, last I week. But I had Winnipeg at number five last week,
0: and now you got them at number four.
1: Well, number four, I have Dallas. We've already talked about them. Wow, though.
0: we're all over the place. I don't think we've agreed on we agreed on
1: one spot. Not yet. Uh, maybe that. Maybe the top two. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Out of Dallas team. is. Yeah, like we said, Dallas is just they're playing like right at five hundred. They're shaky. I watched a little bit of the Vegas game, and it's like you said, they were kind of – And they've just, got some really – they've got some shaky
0: losses too. They lost to it. They, they lost do. to
1: Ottawa. Yeah. And they're I – mean, so, yeah, I mean, the Stars just
0: aren't impressing me at all right like
1: now. Like you said, man, Holtby, I don't know what they were thinking. And it's it's amazing. That dude had a banner year when he won with um, with the Capitals. I mean, that was just like his year. And ever since then, man, it's just downhill. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so yeah. for um, – yeah, so I had them at four, and I actually have Winnipeg at, th- at three. And the reason why is because of the Preds' win, um, they look good. Um, they're still, I think they're still missing some players. Um, so once they get that figured out, get those guys back or whatever. I mean, they're they're definitely lethal. So
0: they seem to be figuring out, figuring yeah. it out, and they are yeah. lethal. And they've got a really great goaltender, and yes. uh, Connor Hellebuck too, who yep. can easily go on a hot streak, just like UC Soros can easily go on a hot streak. Yeah. Um, when you have that combination of lethal scores and a great goaltender, that's all you need to win a Stanley <laughs> Cup, right Absolutely. there. Yeah. So uh, keep your eyes on Winnipeg for sure. Uh, so number three, you've got Winnipeg. I've got Colorado at number three, despite yeah, and the reason why is I just almost I just think that they're not nearly this bad as they seem. I'm starting to lose my patience on them though. They're gonna yeah, have to right. start showing me. Uh, they're. Uh, their preseason expectations are are starting to run dry for me, to where I can't yeah. use that as a uh, excuse anymore. Um, they've got right. a lo- they they like next week if we're going to next week's uh, battle for the central power rankings, and they're still hovering around mediocrity and losing a bunch of games, then I will probably give them a significant drop. But as yeah. of now, I think it's way too early. I don't, it, I don't on the outside looking in looking at looking at them. I don't think there's any reason to panic too much on the avalanche. I think they're going to be right there. Uh, Unless they're just really concerned about winning the division, then they might start needing to worry a little bit. But as far as getting in the playoffs, being one of the top two or three teams in the division, they'll be just fine. They're going to figure it out. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll be a team you don't want to face in the playoffs. I'm not panicking at all when it comes to the Colorado avalanche. I got them at number three. I did drop them back from number two last week. So I did drop them back a spot again, but, uh, so, that goes into our top two here.
1: Top two.
0: Give me your second place team.
1: Minnesota. So, um, yeah, they're actually playing tonight. Um, they still look really good. I mean, I know they gave up a lot of goals to the Preds or whatever, but I know that when you were on the soda pod, those guys like were saying that we're really bigger fans mm-hmm. of Minnesota than they are, um, <laughs> which I thought that was really funny. Um, but – I mean, yeah, I think they. I think they always look good. Um, I know, you know, they looked good. Um, yeah, I mean, they play a good game. I like the them.
0: Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild have already got a win since losing to the Preds. They beat uh, the Canucks on Tuesday, so they are at five one and zero oh on the season. But you know what? I'm actually going to put the St. Louis Blues at number two. So that means what are the odds that all eight teams we did not agree on? That's funny. That's like that's like crazy. It is crazy. So see, we were- see, everyone, see everyone, look at the level of objectivity you're getting from from the catfish and ice host here. We there is there's no uh, there's no agreement on this one. All eight mm-hmm. teams, we had different teams. That's that's hard to do, even by coincidence. That's hard to do. I got the Blues at number two, and I get it. I know that they're undefeated. This has nothing to do with me not liking the Blues personally. I know they're a (laughs) plus-14 goal differential. Are you
1: you sure? Are you sure? I don't have them.
0: I don't. It's too too early to be making these big proclamations just off of being undefeated. And they've only played five games. Every other team's played at least a game more than them. Some teams have played two more games than them. Uh, So I just – well, I mean, everyone thought they were probably a top three team in the division anyway. I didn't have them that high. I've definitely been—I'll admit that I've been wrong about them as far as uh, I, I didn't—I didn't know they were going to be this good, but I still do not think that they are the best team in this division. I'm not ready to crown them just yet. Yeah, they are playing the Avalanche right now, and they're losing three to that. one, and they're losing three to one.
1: Yeah,
0: but that does not affect my rankings right now. I'm not going to yeah. go off that game. Let's look at their wins though. They've got two wins against the L.A. Kings. They've got a win over the Arizona Coyotes.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: They've got a win over the Vegas Gold Knights. Well, I'm telling you right now, there's something not right with the Vegas Gold Knights. I do not yeah. know what's wrong with them. I but don't that, either.
1: I was expecting them to I, be like really
0: like, And they're kind of like the Colorado Avalanche. They can, they'll figure it out eventually, but something's not right with them. And then they opened up the season against the Colorado Avalanche with a 5-3 win, so I'll give them a really good win on that. But really, I'm sorry, but 3 of their 5 wins are against 2 against the Kings at home and then a win over the lowly Coyotes. Sorry, they're not my best team.
1: That's weird that they played Los Angeles twice already.
0: Yeah, play a few more play a few more games, play a few real teams, then then I'll start taking you seriously. I do still have them at number 2 though cuz there is something to be said about being undefeated, so I will yeah. put them. I will put the Blues at number two, which means the Minnesota Wild are at number one. I really hope State of Hoppy on the on the soda pods watching this right now because he's probably laughing his ass off that I got the Minnesota Wild at number one. But hey, <laughs> he the, Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota Wild are still five and one. They've yeah. got that one loss to the Preds, but it was on a it was on the back end of the back to back. And honestly, yeah. it, I think they would win win a series against the Preds. In six games, if it was a best of seven series. Like, so uh, I still think they're, I still think they're the better team. I'm keeping the wild at number one, which is where I had the Minnesota wild last week. Uh agree. Sticking, sticking true to my guns there. Minnesota there wild is number
1: one. Yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, I've got St. Louis, but yeah, um, Minnesota pro- has played Anaheim twice. That's crazy. Yeah, so they've well, played I Anaheim guess I, twice. I guess Did that's that?
0: not very impressive either.
1: Well, they beat <laughs> they beat Anaheim obviously twice. They beat uh, the the Kings. They beat Winnipeg. They got beat by the Predators. <clears throat> they beat Vancouver. So they're playing the Kraken. A little tonight.
0: bit, a little bit more of an impressive resume, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, a little bit. So there, there
0: you have it. I love when we disagree.
1: It's good, yeah. It's and good. all
0: eight teams we disagreed on. I don't know if that's ever so going to happen ever again.
1: So weird. we did. We did
0: not plan that. I swear.
1: No, we, no, we learned no. the
0: rankings just as you were. We learned each other's rankings. So there you <laughs> have it. We will do another edition of Battle for the Central next week, next Thursday in a brand new episode. So stay tuned for that. This is going to get interesting as the season goes on. <laughs> See how much we move these teams around. Uh, it's going to get harder and harder too probably. Oh, it
1: it's hard already. Yeah. I mean, hard.
0: like it took me a good while to like, Real, I took them serious. I took them serious today. Yeah, and so I did yeah,
1: not. I did, I did mine the other day, and I was kind of, now that I'm looking at it though, I'm kind of like questioning why I did some things. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. It's Meanwhile, how's
0: doing. your how's your fantasy hockey team doing, man?
1: I'm. Uh, do you know who Roman's Empire is? I do
0: is not that, know uh... who that is. Yeah, I'm not
1: sure. I'm a. Uh, I'm mauling them right now. Um, well, which, I'll take that. I got 200 points, and they got 100. I'm, I'm, an really in, I'm in injury
0: purgatory right now with all my – I'm running out of room on my roster. I've got so many hurt people. I don't, I'm don't. i going to have to start dropping players that I love, like Kucherov, Mark Stone, Jack Hughes. I'm just like I'm, – I'm in a world of hurt with my, some of my best <laughs> players. So I need those players to get healthy is what I need.
1: I always – you know how it, give, it gives you that um, suggestion of you should get this guy instead of one of your guys? So yeah, I don't every, ever trust
0: that. I don't ever trust that. I don't either
1: that. because, like, every time it tells me – so I've got Tony D'Angelo. He has been amazing. Like, he is playing really well, and it tells me every week to get rid of him and get somebody else. It's crazy. Yeah. So, go with your heart. Yeah. Don't listen right. to them. Yeah. yeah, I don't mess with all that. Yeah, it's all good. Speaking of that, another week of NFL football
0: is going on right now, actually. Got Thursday night football. Packers and Cardinals are playing. Our good buddy Colin Bluen is probably going crazy over this game right now watching his Arizona Cardinals. Guarantee it. So, yeah, if you're hungry for more NFL action, the DraftKings Sportsbook is here for you, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And now new customers can bet just $5. And if your team wins that you pick in an NFL game, you win $200 in free bets. That's winner, winner, chicken dinner. Chicken it's that dinner. simple. Everyone likes a good chicken dinner, right? The old winner, you, can, chicken you, dinner. you can build. You can, pro- you can probably <laughs> buy a decent amount of chicken dinners with your $200. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. I'd say so.
0: And you can probably yeah. turn those $200 bets to even more <clears throat> chicken dinners. If chicken dinners is your thing. I don't know. It might it not might be. be. No, it no, might no, not no. be. But huge cash prizes. DraftKings is also putting you in the mix to win millions of dollars in total – Cash prizes, which
1: means you could eat chicken dinners for the rest of your life. Man, just live uh, I, off a chicken dollars dinners would be amazing. There you go. About a million dollars, we'd be in like this big awesome podcast studio. Oh, yeah. Like it this. could still happen. It could still happen. Man. All right. So do, go
0: download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code THPN. <laughs> This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-9-WITH-IT if you are in Indiana. So go do that right now. And you will be glad you did, as the NFL season keeps getting better and better. All right, let's get into our final segment of Catfish on Ice, episode seventy-five. And I've been watching a lot of hockey this year, almost more than normal. I've been enjoying the ESPN Plus uh, subscription, Absolutely. and so it—I mean, it's like one of the best seven dollars payments I've ever made in my life.
1: It's stream amazing. it right;
0: I stream it right through my smart TV. If the Preds aren't playing, Same. I usually always find at least one hockey game every night if I'm home, and I yep. and I just watch it. So I've been finding myself really getting invested in players and teams that I wouldn't normally uh, watch <laughs> watch because they wouldn't be on TV. They wouldn't be available to yep. watch. And so it's been really nice. Right yep. so that gave me a really good idea for a segment. Our favorite current non-Preds players that are in the league right now, the most likable – and they cannot be former Pretz players. So, no Ryan Ellis. You can't pick Craig Smith. You can't pick Nick Benito. You can't pick any of those players that we all love. That like would just not, that would just, this would be a boring segment. It would last 30 seconds. And then <coughs> our <laughs> episode, and our episode will already be over. And we have more right. to talk about tonight. We don't want our episode to end just yet. No. So, yet. I'm going to get this going all right. with, a, with a player that's just instantly become a, a favorite of mine. He's He just cracks me up. I love his intensity. I love his passion. Um, I would have never liked him on his previous team, but now I just can't get oh, enough
1: of him. I think I might know who it is. Go I ahead. think you know probably.
0: It is Brandon Tanev of the Seattle Kraken. This guy, yep. first of all, every time they share his player shot and he looks just so crazy –
1: I just laugh. Eyes.
0: I just laugh out loud every time I see it. He's just so funny. He look I love the passion he plays though with the game. Like he is just yeah. all over the ice. It would have been hard for me to ever like a Pittsburgh Penguins player now that he's no longer associated with that team. Yeah. And I already find the Seattle Kraken to be a likable team as long as they're not playing against the Preds. Um you know what? Brandon Tanev, you have quickly become <coughs> one of my favorite current players right now that's not playing for the Preds. Brandon Tate on my
1: fantasy team. He's on my fantasy team. Yes, yeah, he doing yeah. good for you? He, oh yeah. Yeah, he's doing done, really he's good for done, you. He does really well. Yeah, he's done He very
0: fits well. so, he his persona fits so well with that team too. Like it the cuz the Kraken is just like this like like crazy, like weird, like kooky type of team. It's it such is, a weird yeah. a weird <laughs> mascot name. Seattle is such a very like laid back Yep. Like cool city, you know, like they yep. do a lot. They do brunch music up there. Like it's just kind of like a different type of lifestyle. Yeah. And it's so I just deal. feel like Brandon Tanev is just perfect for that team. And so, yeah, Brandon Tanev, he makes my list uh, for favorite non president Give me one of yours, Rich.
1: Well, I have a package deal um, for, for – I've actually got three in one.
0: Okay.
1: And I'm sure it probably isn't going to be too hard for you to figure it out, but – Um, that would be the perfection line of Boston Bruins. (laughs) Uh, Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron. Those are the three. I knew that. Well, the the,
0: the Bruins are your second favorite team,
1: right? They are are my second favorite. I like watching them. And it's just because of the history and stuff. And I really liked Zidane Ocharo when he was playing with them. But, um, yeah, I like watching – I know a lot of people hate Brad Marchand, but I really like watching him play because he is – you talk about tenacity and – uh, Grit—that's definitely what he plays with, and he can still score. Um, so, yeah, I like all three of those guys a lot. So, and you like—you used to like Chara too, right? I still do. Yeah, I like him. He's still playing like for—he's uh, playing for the Islanders.
0: Yeah. Oh, we're actually, about to so. see. We're about to see Chara here coming up soon. Then, all right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, yeah really I like. Started, Char- so, I like Chara yeah, we were, too. He's he's likable. Yeah. yeah. So when they were in the playoffs, actually against the Blues, when he got hit in the mouth with the puck, I mean, it's just. He came back out and was playing and like I wanted to play and like his jaw was wired shut and just like yeah there's not too he's many He's one of the, the he's Man one there. of those
0: he's one of those true NHL iron men. He sure is.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, I got another one. I don't know if people are going to like this one, but I don't care. You're probably not going to like it either cuz you don't like this team. You hate this team with the passion. No, I know who you're going to say. Go Nik, Nikita Kucherov is a he started becoming a favorite player of mine. Uh really even bef- before last season. Like, I really like the way he plays because he's not just a scorer. He's actually just a point machine. <laughs> and he's also, if you're sensing the theme, he's very similar to Tanev in the way that he plays with a mm-hmm. very aggressive style. Mm-hmm. He's very uh, fast with the puck, great puck handler, great shooter. He's a really funny interview. I'm sure everyone saw that um, when they won the cup and he uh, was drinking a <laughs> beer with his shirt off and was
1: drinking uh, more of one. I wouldn't call it.
0: I wouldn't call it very likable for for Montreal Canadian Canadian fans when he oh, kind man. of uh he kind of trolled them by saying like oh their Cup final was this was was then and yeah. it's over for them now <laughs> like I mean he he's definitely he stokes the flames and plays that persona very well but nice uh thing. I still appreciate the way he plays I think he's a really good player for the game. And you need a villain, like you need yeah. players. Like as long as they're not dirty and as long as they're not doing things that taint the game, he can act that way, and and it can be just fine. You need players like that. It makes the game more interesting. It gets people fired up. I think it's good for the league, as long as, like I said, he's not playing dirty. So Nikita Kucherov is on my list.
1: Well, I have a I have a confession. You're probably not going to believe what I'm about to tell you, but um, so you know that I don't like Tampa Bay all that much. Um. Yeah. Uh, I secretly I secretly liked a player for their team last year. It wasn't it wasn't Nikita Kucherov. And he no longer plays for the Lightning now? He does not play for them. It's All Yanni right. Gord. So Yanni,
0: Yanni Gord. Gord, yeah, he play yeah. he's
1: playing for the Kraken as well. He is. I haven't got to watch he he didn't play against um uh the, the preds. preds. He was, nope. he was out um I think he's playing That's, now. I haven't got to watch him yet. But yeah, just he actually scored.
0: He scored the other night. He's. I picked you know, him up on my fantasy team. I, he was somehow not on anyone's roster,
1: and I picked him up. I guess because he was hurt or whatever. But so um, yeah. yeah, just watching him last year, like, um, he would get like he's not a bigger player. He's he's not like a taller guy or a bigger guy. But yeah. like when they would get in scrums and stuff, he would just jump right in and just get right in the middle of it and take up for his teammates and, um. He and I, I really like that he he's with uh, Seattle now. So it's it's kind of they've got a very likable team all the way around. They do, the yeah. They they do. Like Everything about did. them is, is cool. I like them. They lot. don't they don't have
0: any players that you really like just dislike or or no. whatever. So they're going to be an easy team for a lot of people to cheer for. They don't have the same type of a uh, villain type of status no. as the Vegas Golden Knights did. Yeah, not yet. But not yet. You know, I mean, I mean, if they go on another run, yeah, Yanni Gore. Yanni Gord had a golden assist the other night against oh, cool. the Canadians. cracking uh, yeah. one 5-1. That was on Tuesday. So, yeah, he is uh, get, picking up where he left off, and he looks like he's going to have a really good uh, really cool. good uh, season in Seattle now that he's healthy. All right, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I did not see that one coming from you. All yeah. right, my next one is <laughs> one that I think we're both going to agree on, and I think a lot of Preds fans would actually agree with me on this. And that is the flower Mark Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, yeah. I know he's playing for the Blackhawks. Try to take away that association. I know everyone hates anything that comes within five feet of the Blackhawks right now. I get it. it sure but is. obviously Mark andre Fleury has nothing to do with what's going on there. I really mm-hmm. like Mark andre Fleury. I really hate what he's going through right now because he's, he's off to a horrible st- season. He's, he's in a really bad situation. Rich, I actually remember you kind of touching on this. When we found out about Flurry going to Chicago, I remember you being like, "Man, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know oh, yeah. if I like. Like, I don't know if I like that situation for him." I don't. And, I, mean, I don't now at all. You know, I really hate it for him now that he has to even be associated with that because that's just going to be a mess all the way around all season. But yeah,
1: he's just the team I just, in front of him is so bad, it's, and his and his world. and
0: unfortunately his career numbers, which are so great, are going to suffer, and they're it's going to make his career numbers look worse than they really are. Yeah. And uh, I was really worried about that happening with Pecorino if he came back. Oh, God. As much as I wanted him to come back to the Preds for my own <laughs> selfish reasons, I was really worried about happening to Pecorino what's happening to Flurry? That he yeah. was going to come back. He was going to stay a season too long in the NHL. And his, his numbers were going to tank. And it was going to make his career numbers look a little worse than they are. And what do you know, that's kind of what's going on right now with Marc-Andre yeah. Fleury. And um, I'm just hoping that he can get some things to work in his favor, uh, and, you know, And even though that's going to be really hard to do.
1: Yeah. For it's, the Blackhawks. It's, it's such a shame for him. They need to figure out a way to get – I know people don't like them either, but get him back to Pittsburgh and let him retire from there or something. And just Yeah. It just let him let him ride off into the sunset and enjoy his past, uh, his past uh career because listen to it. So, listen to
0: li- listen to his four game game log this year. He's been in four games. Uh, he gave up so his first three starts, he gave up four goals. Uh, for he hasn't had a save percentage above 90 in all four games. Oh my gosh uh in the game against Pittsburgh he he got lit up so bad he gave up four he gave up four goals on just 14 shots wow uh against the islanders he gave up four goals on 33 shots and then his most recent outing was against the red wings he gave up six goals on 43 shots so he did face a lot of shots but yeah he's a uh, He's having a really, really rough go of it, and it's probably not going to get any better.
1: No, I don't for that see team. How so I know. hate to
0: see—I I hate to see a great player like Flurry and such a nice player. He's very much reminds me of Pekarene, how classy mm-hmm. he is. I really hate to see him have yeah. to go through all this with a bad season because he's such a historically great goaltender of our of our generation. Definitely, absolutely. All right, I got one more player left on my list. You got another player? Another? Player? I got it. A-
1: I got just some obvious ones. Like, it's always cool to watch Connor McDavid. Um, He's amazing. Um, Have you you seen his points that he's putting up right now? No, I haven't actually got to watch him play yet. So listen to this.
0: It might be hard for me to find this because I didn't retweet it, and I can't remember who put it out there. But listen to how crazy this is. Connor McDavid, over his last 81 games, is on a 153-point pace. Oh, my gosh. If you take all the points he's scored in his last 81 games, he's had over 150
1: points. Man, that's amazing. He's kind of another one I feel a little bit bad for, that they always get bounced in the playoffs so early. Well, that's his only knock you can put on him.
0: Well, really, he has
1: two knocks. Uh, If you look at a lot of the
0: analytics, apparently Conor McDavid doesn't play a lot of defense, but when you're putting up those types of point totals, I mean, who cares about defense anymore? Yeah, yeah, I find him a likable superstar. He's very quiet, and stoic, which yeah. I can respect. That you know, like he kind of like you don't see him show a lot of emotion. But yeah, uh, but yeah I mean, he's clearly the best in the game, and yeah. he is he is really going to rival when his career is all said and done. He's gonna possibly be considered better than Sidney Crosby, possibly better than Alex Ovechkin. And I mean, I I know you gave me that little head nod there when that's I said that. Order. <laughs> but Rich, Rich, do you realize the point totals that's that Conor McDavid's right. going to put if he keeps up this pace? You're right. With how much time he still has left in his career. You're, yeah, you're absolutely he, I mean, I hate to say that because I know that that's throwing it around loosely because Alex Ovechkin's got a chance to pass Wayne Gretzky for all time goal, goal leader in NHL yeah. history.
1: Yeah. He's he's one of my favorite. He's the last one I have is Alex good. All right, we can him. both agree
0: on that one. We're both on the same page with that Gosh, one. Alex man. Ovechkin, I mean, like, how can you not? Like, He
1: he he tied for fourth, um, or he was in fifth place. I don't remember what it was. Like the first two game or two, he actually took over. He's in fourth right now. He has of all time goal scores. So I think it's going to be tough for him to get catch Gretzky because of how old he is, but. He'll definitely overtake Brett Hall this year. And then he's got 49.
0: I've seen a lot of people bring this up as well. Think about where Ovechkin would be if he didn't have to deal with two COVID shortened seasons oh, and two lockouts.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, he, would, I
0: agree. He's lost a lot of games where he could have piled up goals.
1: Yeah. yeah if, he he, did. If, he could have, if he could
0: have played in normal seasons. Not trying to make excuses for him, but it really makes it all the more impressive that he's that high up on the list.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so he'll, so he's actually fifth right now. I'm sorry. So he'll, he'll overtake Brett Hall for fourth this year because Brett Hall's got 741. And I think Ovechkin's at like 736. Oh, yeah. Seven. He'll, he'll
0: definitely pass that very, very yeah. soon.
1: So then he, so then Yarmir Yagers in third, Gordy Howes in second, and then Gretzky, obviously. But Gretzky's 894 and like, Alex Ovechkin's like 37, 38 years old. That's it, it really
0: depends on how long Alex Ovechkin wants to play and how important yeah. that record is to him.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's going to take I, some 50-goal seasons.
0: Yeah. So. For, it will. We'll see what happens with that. Um, also, another crazy stat regarding Wayne Gretzky, and I know people, your diehard hockey fans, know about this stat. If you took away Wayne Gretzky's goals, he would still be the all-time NHL point leader.
1: Oh wow! I didn't know that. That's crazy. He's got
0: that many assists. Wow! Yeah, and look insane. up how many. Look at look at it. Look at his career totals and assists, like all time assist leaders. I mean, he just put out so many assists during his career that he wasn't even. I mean, he was a great goal scorer, but that wasn't his actual main thing. He right. was a great, great passer. I love and
1: watching him on TNT. I love seeing him on TNT. Oh yeah, somebody. that's that's been great for sure. I mean, it's so awesome. So. All right, so those are some of our yeah. non-Preds
0: players that are our favorite players playing right now. we got a lot of them. I think there's yeah. a lot of likable players in the NHL right now. I mean, There are. we we got to get past this dark cloud that's over the league right now, and I hope a lot of good things can come out of this. But it, we still love hockey. I did find it kind of war- hard to get into hockey last night just with everything that's going on with the Blackhawks situation because it's so hard not to think about that and be, be it disgusted. It. it was a little yeah. weird. It was a little weird because you put things into perspective and you're like, is hockey really important right now when we're seeing yeah. what happened to this to this guy to Kyle Beach but yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. hopefully hopefully all these players in the league can come together in support of Kyle Beach they can donate some money they can find ways to help people and make a difference with their platforms that's what we can really hope for
1: yeah oh just breaking they just broke the news that Quinville he actually resigned today just now so he's he's gone and no additional punishment from the NHL. Ah, uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that so not ridiculous. Gonna, that's not going to.
0: That's not going to go a- over well. That's not going to go. It's not going to go over well with a lot of people. That there's going to be a huge backlash on that. Like that's and the fact that he got to resign and he wasn't fired. Yeah.
1: Uh, it says just when you think the says,
0: story can't get any worse, it keeps getting uh, worse.
1: It says he'll require a meeting and approval from uh, Gary Bettman before taking another job in the league. Ugh. Okay. Whatever. Oh my gosh. I didn't, I didn't mean yeah, to end our uh, podcast on a bad note. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're not trying to, but hey, we got to report the things that happen here and we got to be yeah. honest with it. And it's yeah. just, it's just terrible and all, 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 all accounts. And it's just another example of, honestly, the NHL not handling situations properly yeah, and absolutely. it's just, it's, they're gonna, they're, it's gonna be a really dark cloud over the league for a while and rightfully so until they start making things making things better for themselves by fixing some of these things yeah. and so we do hate to end this episode on a harsh note here but it is a very important story that we need to follow yeah. and take it ser- yeah. take it very seriously and um, unfortunately in sports some bad things happen. That, uh, but we gotta hope that some positive can come out of this somehow. And so that's gonna do it for episode 75 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe, presented by DraftKings. We're part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go catch up on some of our past episodes on our YouTube channel. You can watch full ep- you can watch full episodes if you've missed any past episodes. You can also make sure you give us that subscription. Give us a subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. Rate Definitely. the podcast on Apple, on Spotify. Uh, follow us on Twitter, of course, at Catfish Ice. We appreciate all the love and support.
1: Definitely. We really love
0: doing this podcast for all our listeners. We have a lot of really loyal listeners that we uh, interact with daily, and they are, just yep. all outsta- they are just all outstanding people. And so uh, really, really grateful to have them all here. And we will see everyone next week for Episode 76. That'll be Monday. Stay tuned for that. The Preds got the Islanders this Saturday, so make sure you follow us on social media to get you ready for that game. Until then, this has been Chadman with co-host Rich Howe. This has been Catfish and Ice, and we will see you next week. Everyone stay safe and take care. do